Anticipation for this particular report is pretty high. I get emails throughout the year from various colleagues in our industry asking about the top 150. People want to know who make the top of the list and how do they get there. And some companies are not on the list. They want to know how they, they can get on there next year. In addition to our regular programming, we are bringing you our first special episode of the Licensing Mixtape, where our editors get together to talk about the biggest industry movements, our latest stories and exclusives, as well as any breaking news shaping the industry this week. These episodes are unplanned, unfiltered and unplugged. So welcome to our first special episode of the Licensing Mixtape, a podcast by Licensed Global. Hello and welcome to the Licensing Mixtape. I'm B.B. Wardak, Content Editor at License Global, and I'm joined today by Patricia DeLuca, Managing Editor at License Global. And today we're discussing some of the highlights of the 2020 Top 150 Global Licensors Report, an annual report that ranks the world's leading brands across every segment of consumer products. The report was recently released as part of the August issue of License Global and was sponsored by Brainbase. Patricia, thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, I'm glad to be here, Phoebe. Patricia, you've been working on this report for a few years now. How would you describe the anticipation from our industry colleagues for the release of this report? And what was the buzz like this year after the report was released? The anticipation for this particular report is pretty high. I get emails throughout the year from various colleagues in our industry asking about the top 150. What's the due date? What issue is it going to be in? And this goes on throughout the year. Yeah, I, I say it's one of our most popular reports in License Global. Yeah, I totally agree, Patricia. It's it's mm-hmm. um, we get emails, we get questions and queries leading up to the release. There's a big buzz around like when is this coming out? Who's who's going to make the top twenty? Who's going to make the top thirty? It's kind of a big deal for for our industry. Right. Yeah. A lot of people want to know who make the top of the list and how do they get there. And if some people are, or some companies are not on the list, they want to know how they they can get on there next year. So let's talk about 2019 a bit and set the stage first. Mm-hmm. Uh, Before 2020 came in and appended all facets of business because of COVID-19, 2019 was already in the throes of major changes. There were major mergers and acquisitions, the CBS Viacom merger, which was completed on December 4th, Mm -hmm. and Disney's um, acquisition of 21st Century Fox, which was completed on March 20th. Um, It was $71.3 billion for that deal. And that deal effectively gave Disney ownership of former Fox television networks like National Geographic Partners and FX Networks, as well as properties like Deadpool and Fox-owned Marvel characters such as Fantastic Four and X-Men. So um, not only did Disney gain control over streaming giant Hulu as part of that deal, but Disney then dropped its own streaming platform, Disney Plus, in November. So naturally, <laughs> Disney once again ranked at number one on this year's list with a whopping $54.7 billion in licensed retail sales. The launch of Disney Plus was a massive deal. I still remember it. That was a huge deal, wasn't it? It was. <clears throat> it also was highly anticipated, just personally from friends and family who were ready to order Disney Plus or become subscribers once it was ready. It was a really big deal. And it's really no surprise that Disney landed on the list at number one. If you consider the vast properties that they have, they have live events, they have venues, they have park, everything. They have their hands in all facets of licensing. It's not just one part. It's not just apparel. It's not just toys. Disney is everywhere. And I think something like Disney Plus proves it. I mean, there's so much programming for everybody in the family. 
you know, maybe some families um, subscribe to Disney Plus because of Mandalorian yep. in particular. Maybe they downloaded Disney Plus for that, or maybe they were anticipating Hamilton. Or, oh, yes. Or fan, you know, a lot of yes. fans of Hamilton. So perhaps they downloaded or subscribed to Disney Plus for that. And as a bonus, um, Beyonce launched her special on Disney Plus. Amazing. Right, right. Amazing. Queen Bee. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's not just kitty programming. There yeah. is something for everyone for Disney Plus. And that's probably why Disney is again on top of our list. They really, really do set the bar high. Uh, they were number one last year as well. So they're they're maintaining the number one spot. And Disney Plus was undoubtedly a huge deal for 2019. I remember when Disney Plus launched, it was a trending topic on Twitter. Um, and it, it remains to be because they offer really great content. And like you said, mm -hmm. exclusive content, you know, right. deals with Beyonce, great, great content available. So we we knew Disney Plus was going to send shockwaves throughout the streaming world, which was mm -hmm. all part of the whole thing. You know, they they, right. they took over Hulu. And so it was it's a really big deal. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of mergers, um, this year, Authentic Brands Group jumped up two spots, reaching number three on the list after ranking number five last year. Mm -hmm. uh, this year, they ranked in at $12.3 billion in licensed retail sales because of their acquisitions of major brands, including Volcom, Sports Illustrated, uh, Barney's New York, and Forever 21. And recently, they just completed the acquisition of Brooks Brothers, and they also mm -hmm. opened new offices in Los Angeles and Mexico City. So Authentic Brands Group and some of these brand management companies are taking the bankruptcies and retail closures to their advantage and really growing handsomely. So this was before pre-COVID and I anticipate mm -hmm. this going on. Right. Um, so far in 2020, we've had like retail bankruptcies with Neiman Marcus, JCPenney, J. Crew, Lord & Taylor. Um, it's unfortunate to see so many retail closures, especially at brick and mortar. Do you think the upcoming year is going to bring more? Unfortunately, I do. You know, retail was already shaky pre-COVID. And there were some who were really trying to find their footing in the retail space, whether it was offering pop-up stores or uh, experiences that you can only get in-store. So now that we're social distancing and maybe taking our shopping online, stores are closing. It's, they're just not getting the foot traffic like they were pre-COVID or even 10 years ago um just shopping is just so different now and unfortunately i think like these mainstays these household names that you mentioned like neiman marcus and pennies and j crew lord and taylor um you know unfortunately um you know they're closing and it's um i think there's going to be smaller brands and you know maybe ones that maybe were up and coming they're going to close, which is, it's sad. Um, and I hope this may, this will bring like a new, re you know, a revolution to retail that maybe some companies that were afraid to try something a year or two years ago, we'll try soon. We'll, we'll try within the year, you know, as social distancing is now, it feels standard. I don't know, right. you know what the year will bring, but change is coming to um, retail. And I hope, you know, we can learn from these closings where we can improve as an industry. You're absolutely right, Patricia. I think um, it this boom in e-commerce also probably provides a golden opportunity for a lot of retailers if they tap into e-commerce and really mm -hmm. build up their Amazon stores or build up their e-commerce offerings. I think it's a big change. This is huge. And next year, this, li this list is probably going to look different um, because of all these bankruptcies. And I agree with you. I think this is going to continue on in 2020. And the brand management companies that are acquiring the uh, bankrupt 
retailers and brands, they are going to continue to to grow and do well. And that's that could be its own podcast episode itself. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree. I think this trend's going to continue moving forward. I think Authentic Brands Group will continue to grow and expand in 2020. And we'll probably see that reflected in next year's report. Mm-hmm. So on this year's report on 2020, making a monumental leap from number 149 last year to number 106 this year's Pocket Watch, which uh, reported $215 million in licensed retail sales for 2019. Wow. Those numbers obviously highlight the tremendous impact of the social influencer in 2019. And Pocket Watch's consumer products lines includes the wildly popular Ryan's World brand. Patricia, how important is the role of the influencer you know, we're talking Jojo Siwa, Ryan Kaji from Ryan's World, and now mm-hmm. these Gen Z TikTok influencers in esports stars like Ninja. So how important would you say is the role of the social influencer in 2020 and beyond? They are so important in their worlds. So especially in Gen Z and now the alpha generation, which is, I think, ages seven and younger. <laughs> I know. Right? Isn't, that, isn't that amazing to think the little kid is, is really setting the stage for, for our industry and commerce and everything because they're on YouTube. They're they're watching. Right, right. And the impact influencers are very polished. So when they're talking about a brand or something that they, you know, or something that they like, their followers are immediately interested and will, you know, seek out whatever the influencers are talking about, whether, you know, Jojo Siwa is talking about something that she, something that she might have picked up and it may not be, you know, her brand or another brand, but either way, her fans are picking it up. And I see it with TikTok influencers, how it's, you know, like these more casual mentions, you know, spike up sales and now they're having their own um, licensing opportunities, you know, within TikTok and outside. Like they're either getting notoriety. People, especially companies, companies are paying attention. Young people and children have a say as far as how they want to be presented or or have you know have their brand marketed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they they kind of set the agenda and set the tone. And we know TikTok's huge, but it's still really new and it's still booming and it's it's paving the way for uh, Instagram reels and influencers there that are gaining footing too. And I think you're, I think you're absolutely right, Patricia. I think in the tail end of 2020 and leading into 2021, we're going to see a lot of more licensing deals for social influencers, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. I think this is going to continue. And Ryan's World is a is a huge example of that because if I'm not mistaken, um, there was the Ryan's World brand was exclusive to Walmart for a very long time mm-hmm. during the store closures during the closures of Toys R Us uh, a year ago a year and a half ago. So um, mm-hmm. there's tremendous opportunity here. It, it kind of all makes sense to see Pocket Watch jump up from 149 to number mm-hmm. 106 on this year's list. That's a yeah. huge jump. Yeah. And going back to eSports stars for a moment, Ninja is now a household name. Right. You know, everyone knows who Ninja is. But Ninja paves the way for more of these eSports celebrities to get deals and you know there are luxury ba- brands teaming up with esport teams to work on uh, collab you know to have collaborations whether it's apparel or something else um, but esports is steadily climbing as far as um, licensing goes well i think we'll hear much more about esports and licensing in the next five years oh i totally agree esports mm-hmm. is is the one of the largest, the the biggest kind of like hotspots in licensing um, for the remainder of the year and next year. It's huge. 
mm-hmm. um, not only the influencers, but the leagues, the the leagues yeah. themselves that are that are striking deals and partnerships that we cover all the time at License Global, as you know. Right. Yeah. So th- that's a great um, observation, and I think we're going to see that represented in next year's report. If if we're anticipating and projecting what we're going to see next year, I think esports is going to be a dominant present on next year's report. We, as you know, Patricia, uh, before the movie industry was completely turned on its head in 2020, um, in 2019, which this year's report looks at, Pokemon Detective Pikachu was released and it ushered in a consumer products line that bolstered the Pokemon brand to number 11 on this mm-hmm. year's top 150 global licensors list with 4.2 billion in sales of licensed merchandise. Last year, they were at 23. So that's a very big jump. Mm-hmm. And it speaks volumes about the strength of the film uh, industry and the changes. You've been closely monitoring um, the film industry changes in 2020. Do you mm-hmm. think pivoting to video on demand will affect the rankings? And what what do you kind of what do you forecast and foresee next year's report will reflect? Because you know this is this our film industry is completely different this year. Am I right? It is. Um, I worked on a I worked on a report about the film industry in the same issue in the August issue, and it was also ever changing because companies decided that um, what was being released in theaters were going to go on video on demand or being held until next year. So. So it's constantly changing. Uh, it's changing as we speak. Um, Universal made quite the um, quite the splash this year when they put the Trolls movie on oh, video yes. on demand. Oh yeah. And yeah, yeah. So and that did exceedingly well. And I think it made the film industry pay close attention to what we thought worked and how that's changed. It's forever changed. That there's another avenue to go down there it's not just the big screen and that's it there's there are different op- you know, there are more opportunities out there and that helps with licensing as well um you, you get you're getting into a home um you're not going somewhere to, to see the new film you, you can do you know you can watch it from the comfort of your own home and we've been seeing that with streaming as well there's so many movies that have done very well on streaming platforms that haven't gone into a theater and probably won't I think um, moviegoers are um, open to new experiences. And if the film industry can be a little bit more open, I think there'll be, I, I think, I think there's nothing, you know, I don't think it's going to hurt the film industry. I think it's just going to change it kind of like retail. You, you, yeah. just, you know, it, it, it's an opportunity for change and only going to help with revenue and with licensing as well. Agreed. A hundred percent. The companies that are pivoting and that are nimble enough to like move with the times and adapt to the um, the restrictions of today and move forward with streaming and video on demand, they're going to do really well. They're mm-hmm. especially, you know, you, like you said, Universal's Trolls World Tour. Um, mm-hmm. They kind of set the, set the tone, right? For the they did. Yeah. They, they took a risk because, um, I, I don't think another movie of that magnitude had made that decision yet up until that point. Mm-hmm. And so making that decision and going video on demand with with the release of their film, it, it was huge. And I'm sure it, it at that point when we had stay at home measures probably imposed across most of the major cities um, mm-hmm. in the world, in, in the U.S. especially, um, that was a big risk. And it, I think it's going to pay off, and I think we're going to see that reflected in next year's report. Um, so another big jump 
on the list this year was toy animation, which had a superb comprehensive program around the anniversary of Dragon Ball Z Mm -hmm. and had great partnerships with Adidas, BioWorld Merchandising, and Primitive Skate. So this year, toy came up to rank in at number 14 with $3.9 billion in sales. Uh, Patricia, I think we are really witnessing the anime boom right before our eyes. And anime's shift to the mainstream of pop culture is coming to the forefront this year, last year, but really this year. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember seeing so much anime-branded product when I was growing up, do you? No, no. Um, when I was growing up, anime was still cult classics or like a, right. a cult brand. And you really had to search to find any sort of product for anime, whether it was um, a DVD of um, a recent release or even a T-shirt. Like, it was almost like a bragging right when you found something, anything or anything anime related, um, because it was quite the search. You had to go on to find it. <laughs> yeah. And now it, the Dragon Ball Z anniversary um, rollout was so huge. And they had um, you know so many you know, amazing partnerships. And there was really something for every fan. Absolutely. And, and yeah. um, besides Dragon Ball Z, Sailor Moon is also a huge property right. that Toy Animation um handles mm-hmm. as lisa yamatoya who's the director of marketing and licensing at toy animation says anime was for so long it was a niche market mm-hmm. it wasn't mainstream and now it really is it really is mainstream in north america and in the west mm-hmm. um toy animation's been pivotal in making that happen right. and we've seen that across the industry so not only do do we've had Crunchyroll represented on our list in the past, but this year, as a new company represented on the Top 150 Global Licensors Report, is Funimation, mm-hmm. who came in with $200 million in licensed retail sales reported from 2019. So anime, anime is huge, it's big, it's booming, <clears throat> and this is a good time kind of to highlight the new companies that have made it on the list this year. Okay. So... Um, I'm going to kind of read them off. Aligning with the brand management companies that are booming is WHP Global, which Mm -hmm. debuts on the list this year. They manage several brands and represent that boom that we're going to continue to see next year with these companies that are handling uh, brand, these brand management companies that are, that are really doing it right. And they're going to continue to be growing next year acquiring you know ailing brands but but revamping them um bringing bringing them to market in a new way um developing new consumer product lines that are going to do well if if they're tuned into what the market wants so we have whp global as a new company on the list we have sharper image we have pink fong which i know you know that baby shark yes (laughs) (laughs) that that infamous baby shark song that uh most parents are probably listening to on a daily basis during quarantine of course pink fong handles the baby shark brand and they rank this year with 453 million in estimated licensed retail sales toho is also a new company um on our list this year they manage the godzilla brand collegiate is is coming in real strong um i know ucla is doing amazing things in the licensing realm but our new addition this year in the collegiate realm is the ohio state university which has a really robust licensing program in the collegiate sector as far as food and beverage finsbury food group is a new uh addition to the list newman's own is a new addition to the list um we also have rust oleum corporation a new addition to the list 
And gaming, which we know and we've been talking about this and writing about this and analyzing this trend, gaming is huge, huge, huge. So this year we have Sega of America debuting on the list, reporting 73.8 million in licensed retail sales. Gaming is huge, isn't it, this year, Patricia? It's particularly interesting that Sega made the list this year because they're also celebrating their 60th anniversary. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sonic the Hedgehog is is leveraged across several consumer products. Lines. Gaming is so big, and during lockdown measures across the world, a lot of people, and I know you you reported on this too um, with the NPD, video games surged during like Oh, yeah, it surged quite a bit, mm-hmm. and it's a continuing trend. As the weeks go on, more and more people, especially younger people, are turning to gaming to not just pass the time, but keep themselves a little more active. Which sounds odd because most people think of gaming as like, you know, <laughs> right? It's not you're 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 sitting down, you're playing, yeah. but it kind of keeps your mind active. Like you're not yeah. just lazing over, watching something on a screen. You're you're involved, <laughs> and Sega has so many programs that provide you know a little interaction. And, totally, gaming know, gaming gets a bad rap, but if you really think about it, if you're in the in the in the when we were in the throes of lockdown and things were all like retail was closed and we were at st- with stay at home measures, it really was kind of um, a safe haven and entertainment source and connectivity source for people that were doing streaming and like connecting with other players on gaming brands. Gaming was was kind of um, a saving grace for a lot of people during lockdown. Mm-hmm. Would, would you would you agree? It is. Um, and there have been a few companies that have recognized how many people are turning to gaming and started collaborations. There are, um, I'm thinking about Animal Crossing. Oh, how many yeah. brands Yes. are now a part of that. And even it's now getting political. Um, there have been a few um, few campaigns popping up on Animal Crossing. So I think all generations are recognizing that more and more people are gaming and want to be a part of that and trying to find out how they can do it like in a more authentic way. Right. And I think I, I think you're 100 percent right. I think gaming is on the surge and um as licensed global content director Amanda Cialetti pointed out in the August 2020 issue, family fun time and just even board games, right? Right. Uh, during lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> they're, on, they're on the rise. Yeah, it was such if you were looking for games, like board games online, it became quite the search because so many places were selling out or it was a limited quality, you know, quantity of games that you can get. So when you finally were able to get a new game I was like oh let's play it now and people <laughs> everybody was so excited to play a new game because the games we had at the house while they're fun you want something new yeah um, and and for those of us for those of us who who like grew up playing Monopoly and and mm-hmm. those like kind of big tentpole games they're now kind of having their resurgence and and making striking partnerships and being rebranded. So we're mm-hmm. seeing a lot of like branded Monopoly games, branded mm-hmm. board games, just the old school kind of fun games, right? Fam- right. To, to bring in family fun night. Yeah, particularly Monopoly. There are so many versions of Monopoly. They do quite a lot of licensing. Um, another big thing that, that really emerged as a result of lockdown measures in 2020 was kids content and kids content specifically came in new on the 2019 um, licensed retail sales numbers, which were reflected in this year's top 150 global licensors report with Akamar Films coming mm-hmm. in 
as a new company listed on the on, on the report. Um, Akamar Films they have they have great content, great children's content, specifically Bing, which is a preschool property. Mm-hmm. It's been doing so well has a host of partnerships, very robust uh, licensing program. Um, So they were listed for the first time on the top 150 global licensors report this year, and they're doing tremendous. They they submitted this this statement to License Global, and I'll just read it. Okay. Um, Quote, Akamar Films are delighted to be included in the top 150 global licensors list, having enjoyed incredible success in key European markets. This is just the beginning for preschool property Bing, as Akamar Films have exciting global expansion plans. So Akamar Films are huge in the European market, but they're just starting and they're they're poised to kind of take over the globe and, and expand with their broadcast expansions. So yeah, kids content is huge this year. So I think the theme that we're, we can kind of connect the dots and say is that content is king and content's going to drive consumer products programs moving forward for the tail end of 2020 and into 2021. Um, and kids content, publishing. I, I know Sesame Workshop has done tremendous work in this area um, as far as kids edutainment and like, mm-hmm. you know, programs because there's so many parents at home working from home with kids that aren't able to go to school and they're stuck at home. And so there's there's so much um, available to them that's been that I feel probably I don't know for sure, but I think is going to be reflected in next year's report. Yes, yes. Sesame Workshop has great content that is so relatable to children. So when talking about covid or quarantine, parents turn to Sesame Workshop and their programming um, to make, you know, to you know, help with what has been happening in our world to help explain it. And it's a big undertaking for Sesame Workshop to do, but they've done it and they've done it so well. You know, they launched their um, news program, you know, for kids, um, you know, during this time. So, uh, you know, kids can have something else to watch and not hear what their parents are watching on the news. Mm-hmm. And I mean, never mind the you know the toy lines and right. gaming. Yeah, it's so yeah. robust, so so helpful, and they've pivoted so well during this mm-hmm. time. And I think that's that's the key that we can all agree as an industry is the companies that have been able to be nimble and pivot and change with the times, um, and re like kind of revamp their e-commerce efforts and pivot and and cater to consumers, listen to consumers, and deliver. Um, this year, it's really going to be reflected next year. So we're going to see a lot of these changes on the report next year. Obviously, as 2020 has reminded us, the only constant in life is change. So, yeah, so this list will most likely look very different next year and will probably highlight uh, a different set of uh, licensors, highlight different trends. And um, we've talked about a lot of them today here. Um, So it's going... this is going to be an evolving thing. And, and I think the key to success here is to keep your finger on the pulse, be abreast of what the changes are, have insight into where consumers are and what they want, whether that's in the apparel category, food and beverage category, uh, live events category, which is very difficult right now. Mm-hmm. Film and television, as you know, publishing, which is huge right now. Publishing is doing so well. But I think the key for all licensors and licensees and everyone knows this is to change is just this, this thing that's happening um, faster than we can kind of even comprehend. But if we can 
try our best and pivot and accommodate those changes. I think success is inevitable. And we're going to see a lot of changes next year, obviously, because 2020, if we thought 2019 had a lot of changes, 2020 is a whole new thing. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be very different next year. And I look forward to um, I really do look forward to seeing how the industry changes, evolves, pivots. It's it's very inspiring because um, as we've all talked about on our team here at License Global, the licensing industry is one of the most resilient industries. Am I right, Patricia? Yes, there have been so many changes that have happened, especially in especially this year. And there have there have been licensing companies and licensees who have been able to change like on a dime, whereas I don't know if other companies can make that adjustment so um, so quickly. Right. It's just a very sensitive industry that is very reliant on consumer insight and consumer behavior. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's it's just it behooves all licensors, licensees to be tapped into consumer behavior, consumer trends, what's happening. And everyone's doing a really good job in pivoting and changing. We've seen great face mask programs, right? Yes. Born out of lockdown. Yes. Yes, uh, Crayola in particular has a great uh, face mask program, and Trevco. Trevco, Trevco was one of the first absolutely. to, you know, to act on the need for face masks. Absolutely, we've seen branded face masks across all different brands, and so I think if we continue on, if we really look at our industry as a whole, we we've all just forget business, forget licensing. We've had a tough year. We've had a tough year, and we've all had to make changes. Whether it's work from home, whatever the case may be, um, streaming has seen a huge boost video games has seen a huge boost we have changes obviously like we said with um, acquisitions and huge brands being you know some unfortunate retail closures so we've we're we're in the throes of change and it seems like monthly weekly if not daily these changes continue to be happening so it's it's always it's always best to be abreast of the changes stay ahead of the curve and kind of have like the 2024 site it's it's easier said than done but to kind of like have a forecast of what you what you think is going to happen and to try to keep up with everything yes yes and to be versatile when needed right absolutely and i think the companies in our industry patricia that are doing the best in this in in this year are the ones that have really good relationships because they have those relationships and those solid ironclad like trust where they can say hey i'm having this supply chain issue i'm having this manufacturing issue i'm having this and they're working through it there's probably so much more nuance to that whole supply chain manufacturer debacle than we could even dissect. But those partners are in the trenches, maybe probably renegotiating contracts or timelines and things. And and, and they've done so well. And I can honestly say like just the support industry-wide, the support, the um, acceptance of virtual events, the um, everyone's been so nimble and the people that are doing the, the best in this time are the people that are able to like adapt, right? Right. Yes. Um, yeah. It's now's the time to rethink everything we thought was normal and see how <laughs> we can, you know, and see how we can work in this, you know, in, in this, it's a new world, you know, in this new world where, um, you know, we're, we have to be home. We, we can't travel like we used to. And, you know, um, we still want to be a part of this industry and part of a community. And how do we do that while we're home? Well, we now have virtual events to go to. Right. And, and we and, have the amazing festival licensing mm-hmm. um, in October, which we encourage 
all of the licensing industry and brands and manufacturers, licensees, licensors, everyone to take part in and attend either exhibit or attend. We really encourage you to do that. Um, Thank you so much, Patricia, and to our listeners. If you'd like to download the full Top 150 Global Licensors Report, you can find it at licenseglobal.com. And of course, please subscribe to our newsletter, follow our social channels for up-to-date licensing news and analysis. Patricia, is there anything else you'd like to add to today's discussion? For the companies that are asking about uh, when they can start submitting for her 2020s report, um, (laughs) start getting your reports ready now and keep your eyes out on the announcement at licenseglobal.com. Absolutely. If you are a licensor, you'd like to submit for for next year's 2021 Top 150 Global Licensors Report, please keep us in mind. Keep your records going and keep your communications with us flowing. And let's, let's have a really good comprehensive look at where the industry is for next year um, and obviously that in, that includes staying abreast of everything that's happening which we encourage you to do via licenseglobal.com rate and comment our podcast please keep in touch with us thank you so much to everyone and we'll see you on the next episode of the licensing mixtape